welcome to New Life Baptist Preaching, where we grow in discipleship, we grow in relationships, and we grow in Jesus Christ. This segment will be studying the book of Acts, where our risen Christ is made manifest in the early church. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single Sunday. Acts 15, and, and, and I appreciate um, what Vance does, and I appreciate um, what, he has, what he has put on the back of the bulletin, uh, the Acts, and it's Acts 15, and it is wholesome debate um, that we're going to see here in chapter 15. <clears throat> we might see something that appears to be unwholesome debate. Um, and we are going to see some uh, problems that still exist today uh, within the church. Uh, and, and it's not something that's going to go away. It's just something that we have to be able to recognize. So if you would join me, and we're going to read all of chapter 15, I tried to figure out a way to condense it down. I just couldn't do it. Brother Vance has put me in a spot that is very difficult. Trying to take a whole chapter, and especially when you get one like this, where, where to me, there's so many ways you can go, but let's remember too that our focus is on how Christ is building the church, the, the new church, and the Holy Spirit's activity in that, that we will see very clearly, and I hope that I can bring out some other things to make us think about that, that, that help us to understand and rely on Scripture. Okay? So, <clears throat> beginning, <clears throat> excuse me, in verse 1 of chapter 15 of the Acts. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them, uh, you can get kind of confused with the days here. The certain men are uh, Judaizers, that came probably from Jerusalem telling them this, and the other they that, that determined was the church at Antioch, okay, that sent them, uh, Paul and Barnabas, and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. And being uh, brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church, and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done uh, with them. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. 
And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved, even as they. Then all the multitude kept silent, and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon, Simon Peter, had declared, had declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophet as it is written, after this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David which has fallen down and I will build again the ruins thereof and I will see it up that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my God is my name is called saith the Lord who doeth all these things known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world wherefore my sentence is that we trouble them not which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. Then pleased it the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, naming Judas, surnamed Barabbas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner, the apostle and the elders and brethren send greetings to the brethren, which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. Uh, for as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your soul, saying you must be circumcised to keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good unto us, being assembled one accord to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things that ye have stayed from meats, offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, from fornication, from which if ye keep yourselves, Ye shall do well, fare ye well. So when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle, which they had read, they rejoiced, which when they had read, they rejoiced before the consolation. And Judas and Silas, being prophets, and also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. And after they had tarried their space, they were let go in peace from the brethren unto the apostles. Notwithstanding, it pleased Silas to abide there still. But also... Barnabas, continuing in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And some days later, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. 
And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. Our God, our Father, we come before you, praising you for your word. God, that um, you have delivered to us uh, a trustworthy word. God, a word that we can depend on. God, that you are faithful in all that you tell us, and you will do all that you say you will do. We thank you for these men that um, <clears throat> defended their faith, <clears throat> the faith of Jesus Christ, and God, that we still defend it in the same way today. God, that you, above all, would be glorified in it. Forgive us, God, where we fail you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I know that's a lot, and I know some of it was redundant in the speaking of the letter, uh, but there was a lot there. And, and, and what I really want to uh, uh, focus on, and, and our focus still needs to be on the whole... Uh, on the whole... Holy Spirit and, and, and how it is working actively in building the church. Uh, and, and it's the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, when I think back to the Gospels, I think about uh, in uh, <clears throat> Matthew, you can find it in Matthew 16, I think you go down to verse... Uh, 13, and when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art, that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, uh, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So there is a rock that the church is built upon, and that rock is the truth of Jesus Christ being the Son of God. That is the rock that the church is built on. And Peter was going to be the beginnings of carrying out that word. And obviously we see in all that play out. And as we uh, get here to Acts, we still see uh, Peter as a part of this. And this is a huge doctrinal issue uh, that's at stake here. And the oddity in this is is uh, to me this morning, it, it's not an oddity really, it's, it's God's working again, but we just talked about justification. And the question that's at hand was that false teachers had come into the church telling the Gentiles that you must be circumcised. And it was causing, quite obviously, lots of dissension. Lots of confusion. I put myself in that same situation. Not having 
this whole New Testament Word of God. And I don't believe, I can only imagine the, the, the stress or whatever you may want to say that the Gentile believers were feeling at this particular time because of, uh, of this, this idea now that, that's, that's as uh, Luke says in, in Acts here, they were being subverted, but, but they didn't really realize that. They said they crept in unawares. You're talking about a new church. You're talking about new believers. You're talking about a whole new way of living contrary to, to what any uh, Jew would think of, and they don't have this as their guiding purpose yet. They don't have this as, 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 as uh, Paul says that, that, that's good for all situations in teaching and in reproof. They don't have that, but they do have Paul. They do have Paul that wrote so much of this. They do have Peter that wrote some of this. They do have James, as we've seen, that wrote probably the same James that wrote James. Uh, and, and so what we see is assembly of some of the great writers of the New Testament that, that, that God has brought together to, to uh, eradicate any false teaching, any lie that is creeping into the church. And folks, I am thankful for men that will go to whatever lengths they must go to to contend for the faith. We are called to that task. Now, now that does not mean that, that, that we're all going to be doing the exact same thing. The church, for the right reasons, picked out Paul and Barnabas and sent them to Jerusalem to get this issue settled. And so... <clears throat> That's what we see happens. Now, I'm sure that Paul and Barnabas had a lot of time to pray and to think about this on their journey back to Jerusalem. But, but this was a doctrinal issue that had to be settled or else we don't have any true faith. We don't have a true faith if there's some action we can take that makes us a true Christian, some act or a work, where's justification by Christ if I can contribute in some sort of way? So at this gathering, the apostles, the elders have assembled themselves together. And I want to say again, Think about this. It's not just anybody that's making these decisions. As a matter of fact, we'll go just a little bit deeper, but, but it is largely, largely writers of the New Testament with Luke being one that's writing this particular uh, uh, Acts of the Apostle, this particular book. And, and so as they gather, we first have Peter state his case. He brings up the fact that some probably 15 years ago from the time this is happening, he himself was first sent to the Gentiles or 
really particularly to a Gentile family, the family of Cornelius. Uh, and this, right, is, is, if you recall back, uh, Brother Vance uh, uh, on that sermon, and I, I don't get the exact chapter right now, eight, maybe, I don't know, but that's when Peter had his vision, right, on the rooftop, uh, and, and God explained to Peter that, you know, what I have made clean, do not call dirty. And so he brings this particular case up, and, and, and as, he's, as he's talking about these people, he says, those Gentile believers received what? The Holy Spirit. They receive the Holy Spirit. And, and if you really start thinking and go back from there, how ludicrous is it that I can receive the Holy Spirit and then I would need to do something after that? I mean, the mark of salvation for the Christian, the way that, 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 that we, the best way that we know that we are saved is that our spirit bears witness with his spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit that resides in us. And so, so to his second point, he continues on, and he, and he, he talks about hearts um, clean, cleansed by faith, or uh, essentially the faith is, is in the blood of Christ, the sprinkling of the blood upon our hearts. And, and, and when I think about the, the hearts cleansed by faith, I think about David in his Psalm uh, 51, 16, and 17 where, where he expresses to God that, that uh, uh, sacrifice is not what you want, but a broken and a contrite heart. So, so if we want to use the circumcision, we might could say circumcision is required, but it's a circumcised heart that you have to have. Without a changed heart, there's no salvation. You know, Chris even talked at that point to these young people this morning, and, 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 and it's the truth. You know, the, the, the walking of an aisle and the saying of a prayer does not make a changed heart. God does that convicting and draws you to Him. If you don't have that, if you're not feeling that, you don't need to be walking that aisle. So, so be careful. Be sure uh, of your salvation, of what you're doing. You know, I can remember at a very young age, and I may have expressed this to y'all before, and I don't really remember, but I remember at a young age, now I'm not exactly sure, 13, 12, and I remember, I, I couldn't quite grasp getting saved. Now, I was right, born and raised in church, you know. I don't, I don't remember a day that I didn't believe in God, right? I mean, it, it always seemed rational to me. God did. But the saving, the salvation, I just couldn't quite understand it. And, and I remember a person telling me, another person a little younger than me, said, all you got to do is go up there. You know? And I just remember when he said that, that I knew, and, and I think this was the Holy Spirit dealing with me already, 
But I knew that wasn't right. You know, I, I, I knew that there was something else to it, but I still just wasn't sure what it was. Well, I remember very distinctly after that talking to my dad about it. And my dad said, Chad, when the Holy Spirit deals with you, you'll know. And I remember turning around and going back to my room and thinking, that wasn't much help. Well, when the Holy Spirit dealt with me, huh, I was like, wow, Dad. <laughs> you know, but, but I did. I walked away still confused because, I, I mean, I guess in my mind, I, I couldn't quite grasp this power, that conviction that the Holy Spirit will lay upon you. Um, so, so make no mistake that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. I mean, that is the best way to know that you're truly saved. And I, and I would say, and, I, I, and I, I've kind of walked off on a, uh, on a, after a rabbit here just a little bit, but, but, but I would say, too, that I don't think that that means you'll never have a doubt about your salvation your whole life. Because if you, I think for me to say that would be to discount the power of Satan also. Uh, he, he will do anything. He will do anything to cause you to not minister to the work of God. Um, so I don't want you to, to take away from this that you would never have a doubt. But I'm going to give you another line that a guy told me one time, and it stuck with me because I struggled with my salvation for some years. And he said, how could you doubt what you never had? And I thought, you know, that's pretty strong. Because, you know, you, 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 if it's not there, you'd never doubt it to begin with because you just know you wouldn't, you just wouldn't have it. It wouldn't be doubt. It'd be, I know. I know I'm not saved or I know I am saved. <clears throat> so anyway, let's move on. That circumcised heart. And what the Jews were asking them was to, as Peter put it, have an unnecessary yoke that they could not bear even. They couldn't. The Jews couldn't. The law was an unnecessary yoke to try to live up to. You couldn't keep it perfectly. And again, we're not, nobody's saying the law's bad. No, it's necessary. It's necessary uh, because that's the proof of a Savior that Christ fulfilled that law. God fulfilled the prophets, or Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets. So, so the law is good. The law is necessary. Paul says the law is what reveals to me sin. It's how I know I'm a sinner. It's God's word that gives me his standards. So the law is good, but the law we can't keep. And then... Peter makes the point that we are saved the same way. In what way is it? By faith only. Did those Jews, Peter, did, did, did James, did they receive the Holy Spirit when they got circumcised? I mean, they were circumcised on day seven, right? Day eight. Day eight. No. No, when they believed, and just sometime after that in a special 
occurrence for them at this point in time as God orchestrated this, they received the Holy Spirit. So, so Peter makes the necessary case that none of us, none of us are saved by any kind of law. No, we're justified by Christ alone. Paul and Barnabas are able to speak and they're able to speak of all the great wonders and signs that they've seen and witnessed, been a part of in their missionary journey, how the Gentiles are coming to Christ. And then James, who is probably the, 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 the leader of this Jewish church, and, and it says, it tells us, and I, I don't know if you caught this, uh, that, that the people that said you have to be circumcised, it says Jewish believers, okay? But they were still struggling with this same stone that God says they're always tripping over, and that's the law. It's that same stone, and even these new converts of Jews still struggled with it. And I don't think that any of us in here should, should be too critical of them for it was all they'd ever known. It was all they'd ever known. What a big change was taking place to what they had known. It doesn't give us any indication that some of these were not true believers. I would argue that the ones that went to the church in Antioch were not true believers. And I say that because in Galatians, Paul calls them false brethren. So it appears some that were teaching this were false brethren, and some that believed it were not false brethren. They needed uh, some doctrine. They needed some catechisms, maybe. Uh, but, but James, in his position, he backs up what Peter said, and he uses Scripture, and I'm not going to get too deeply in that. It appears to be from Amos. It's not a direct quotation, which you can read some different stuff. I, I mean, to me, it's somewhat like James preaching. I can quote you some bits and pieces of verses and not say it exactly the same and it be the same. Uh, so, so, and obviously with what Amos, or Amos, what James said was not a huge problem because the Jews did not deny him either. Whatever the word was, was a true word because they obviously didn't have a problem with it. They walk away from all of this with an agreement and the agreement is um, that um, they are saved the same way we are. James says we do not need to put this weight upon them. And um, he goes on to say that, and, and, and this is, appears to be almost a contradiction, yet I think we should look at what James is telling them is he's giving a standard of what the life of a circumcised heart would look like. 
He's not commanding anybody to follow a law. He's not saying, there's one thing here that should not, absolutely should not be a part of the Christian life, and that is the fornication. But, he, but, he, but all these things that he deals with goes back to idol worship. And that's the important thing to remember here because it could appear that they were actually back into idol worship if they were doing that. It wouldn't be a very good witness of their Christian faith to certain people. And, and I think that's no different than some things we do or we don't do um, out of fear of causing others to trip. Not that it's wrong or necessarily sinful to you, but it could be difficult for somebody else. How much do you care about your brother and your sister in Christ? And, and that's what he's speaking to. So, we move along and, 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 and the decision's made, it's all agreed upon, they send it, they go to the church in Antioch, they, they, they deliver the letter, they send two others there also, Silas and Barrett, Barrett, Barrett not Barnabas, but Barrett, and they deliver with the mouth the same thing that's delivered in the letter. To, to back up everything that's being said, and, 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 and they rejoice. They rejoice because their, their salvation is true. What, what elation, what elation to know. For me, I know, I, can't, I can imagine the same for them, that, that they realize that the truth is that they don't contribute to their salvation. Folks, I would hate to think that any part of my salvation counted on me at all. I would have been lost forever at a few days old probably. got nothing to offer God towards your salvation. God makes us able to offer him sacrifice after salvation. He desires us it is he desires us to give a sacrifice of our life to him for what he has done for us. He says that's our reasonable act of worship. <clears throat> what we see in all this too though, and we don't want to miss the point that <clears throat> the Holy Spirit was truly who they give the credit to here for the decision. It's not some idea that they thought was good that you don't have to be circumcised and follow the law. No. It was 
from men that had hazarded, hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they say, We have sent therefore Judas and Silas who shall also tell you the same things by mouth, for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. Folks, it's no different than the trust we place in this word right here. It, it wasn't it, it wasn't thought up. This here wasn't thought up by Luke. It was inspired by the Holy Ghost. That decision was inspired by the Holy Ghost. It's, it's, it's Christ building his church right in truth. We're not, you know, we're not, we're, we're, we're fighting these false teachers all the time. We're fighting in this world right now today. It's right here in our own association. We're, we're, this idea of a social justice is better than godly justice. You can't beat godly justice. It takes care of everything else. Oh, we believe in justice. Goes on to tell us how Silas and Judas stayed hung around for a while to encourage the brothers, and it says strengthen them with a long message. I, I, I would suspect it's more than just it's more of a of a just brothers encouraging other brothers in the faith. Um, which to me. Brings us to where we're at right here this morning in a church house. Part of what we do here is encourage each other in the faith. When we move to the last few verses in this little episode with Paul and Barnabas, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I think there could be much speculation put to this. Um, but obviously they had a huge disagreement about taking John Mark on the next missionary journey because he had abandoned them on another missionary journey. He happens to be uh, Barnabas's nephew. Uh, I would say here that when you read this account, and you read what we know about Paul and what we know about Barnabas, we certainly see their, those personalities coming out. Barnabas was this encourager. He was probably a softer, gentler guy than, than Paul. You know, Paul was the Christian just as he was the persecutor. He was zealous as zealous could be. He, I'm certain he's seen no need to waste time on this guy again. If all he's going to do is abandon us, it's wasting our... And was he right? Well, it appears that he wasn't because John Mark ended up being a, a faithful follower. And, and we see later uh, in, in the epistles that, that uh, obviously 
Paul and John Mark had a good working relationship at some point. Um, but I think we need to be careful because it says they became so sharp on this subject that they divided. But does that mean that they were mad at each other? I don't think that's necessarily true. I think we might could read that into it. I think we might could read into it that they weren't mad. I think, the, frankly, we don't know. But here's what I want to say, and I'm going to touch it both ways real quickly. You ever seen a bad situation happen and then somebody say, well, it worked out for the best? Well, I want to say if this was a bad situation, I disagree that it worked out for the best. God, Romans 8, 28, still able to bring the good. But if there was sin involved in this, somebody's going to have to answer for sin. And I just don't think there's anything in that that's working out for the best. If there wasn't sin in it, if they walked away from this um, disagreement, Paul's like, look, you want to take him, that's fine. Y'all go your way. We'll go ours. We can agree to disagree on this. Then again, God's using the situation to, to what would have been one missionary journey to become two missionary journeys. It's impossible to just not see in, in either case, no matter what it was, I would like for it to be that last way. But, but that's not on me. That's on sovereign God to deal with and to do with, and, and, and he does. Uh, <clears throat> but we certainly see without any doubt that in these situations that God can and does bring about the best, even though the situation isn't always the best. And, it, and it's really odd that we start this chapter with a great doctrinal problem that they could sit down with a Jewish church, Christians, believers, and, and, and hash it out. And then we end with Paul and Barnabas not being able to hash out who can go on a missionary journey. I again would have to say that um, we just see the, I mean, you just see the huge working of the Holy Spirit and every bit of it. And, and I would say to us today that what it speaks to me about is our great need to, to be willing to contend for the truth. And I would even, I would even call out us men above all in that. It's on us, guys. It really is. I mean, I, that doesn't take nothing away from the work of a Christian woman for God. But they're not going to be answering for it. We are for the responsibility of being the leader. The leader in the home, the leader in the church, 
That's what God's appointed us to. And I mean, don't think I'm pointing my finger at you. I'm pointing it at me. <clears throat> There's a false teaching and the Holy Spirit is going to reveal it to us, folks. That's what we have now. We have His Word and the work of the Holy Spirit. We have this Word that came from these great pioneers of the Christian faith. But, but when I say that pioneers, they, they are the pioneers called, sanctified, set apart by God, set apart from this world, set apart to God, to His work. And they answered the call. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your word and God how it truly cuts to the bone. God, I mean, it's just convicting to see when we hear your word to see where we fall short. God, how you reveal it to us. God, how we can get lazy, apathetic. And God, we never have an excuse to do that. God, for me and each and every one of us in here, God, that we would finish the race. We know you have equipped us to do it. If your word is truth, then I know I am capable through the power of the Holy Spirit to do what it is you have set before me. And all of us the same. And God, we do believe your word. God, help us to... defend ourselves against Satan as he tries desperately to stop the work of the spreading of your gospel, of your good news, of a glorious Lord and Savior. God, we just stand in awe of you. Who are we? that you would look down on us. Yet you do. So help us, God, help us to be what you've called us to be. Help us to be the church here that you've called us to be. God, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to New Life Baptist Preaching, where we grow in discipleship, grow in relationships, and grow in Jesus Christ. Subscribe so you don't miss a single sermon, and come and grow with us.